other speaking voice. Welcome back to ASMR Quest. I am your host, John Tyler, joined as always by my co-host, uh, Ian the Boogie Fox. Wow. Now, Ian, I, I'm very interested in asking you about why you're the boogie. Um, but I know we, we normally start off the, 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 each episode with some, you know, some, some jokes. But I wanna, I wanna take a quick mo- moment today to talk about something, uh, important. Something serious. Okay, something serious. Um, you know, um, election take it day off a clown hat, John. Up. Okay, wow. thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, election John, day is coming boots. up. I'm also, in the I'm taking States, my clown boots off as well. Because they were squeaking. Ian, Ian, please, please, Ian. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hold um, on before you get started. I'll also just take this time to remove um, my flower lapel that does squirt out uh, seltzer water, and that's all okay. of my that's all my clown regalia off. So now we can go into serious okay. mode. Okay, thank you, Ian. So um, election day is coming up in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is a big midterm federal election. Um, you know, we're lots of. Uh, Seats in the House and Senate are are up for grabs. Well, so I would say all. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that it it is not only your uh, your right, but also your civic duty to to get out and vote. Mm-hmm. I want every each and every one of you to to remember. You know, put it down in your calendars, set a reminder on your phone, do whatever it mm-hmm. takes. Make sure that you remember to get out and vote. Now this um it says now, uh, November sixth. Uh, okay, so John. <sighs> You've done and you've gone and done it again, haven't you? Oh shit, Ian! <laughs> oh no, Ian! I I've been telling everyone to get out and vote, but I I thought it was next week. I I didn't I didn't bother checking the date. Um. Well, hold on though, John. It's fine. I'm actually so we're actually recording this. This is November seventh right now. This is the day after the election. I'm talking, oh, oh no, John! Ian. I just saw Massachusetts had a referendum. Um, where if if the majority voted, uh, they actually would replace our current president with Barack Hussein Obama for a third term, and it lost out by <laughs> one vote, John. Oh, one oh vote. no, Ian. Uh, oh, John, and there's, the, there's the referendum that Massachusetts had to release the cure for cancer. Oh, no. That, that, oh, they Ian. actually lost that out by a good... That was like... Only thirty percent voted yes on that, so so that one. Okay, yeah, I mean difference. that does bring up, that that is good for our economy, being the only state that knows it. Well, um, but also the the funny thing is, Massachusetts doesn't sell it to any of the other states; they just sort of hoard it. It's yeah, well, but care. we also we, we don't do a good job of advertising that we have it. Like the whole yeah. idea is it's supposed to be you know improve tourism, but they um they they don't do a good job promoting it. Mm-hmm. Now, John, I've got an I've got an observation to make about politics. I think this is going to be a little controversial, but, you know, I want you to bear with me. Okay. I don't think I've understood in any year up till now how close Election Day is to Halloween and how jarring it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's less than a week, John. Like, November 6th is so close to October 31st. And it turns out, John, I've checked the calendars, I've checked the records, it's this close every year. Wow. Yeah, I've never noticed it before either it's just it, like this... it was it was jarring this year though yeah i think that's the problem with like as halloween becomes a bigger and bigger thing once every other year we've just got to gear ourselves up for a complete and total tone change over the course of again <laughs> less than a week <laughs> and now i'm thinking john like in 2016 
In 2016, the election was also less than a week after Halloween. There are probably yeah. still pumpkins out on the stoop, John. Wow. Who's, who's organized all of these were. holidays? I don't understand. I guess uh, the 2016 election was very much in keeping with the spirit of Halloween. It was. I, uh, I guess it, maybe it just took it a little too far, really, if anything. Mm-hmm. A little too spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's, like, really, and I was, you know, I was talking a big game before about how, you know, Halloween is sort of spreading all over the place, and it's 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 sort of getting out of hand. Um, I think I've now realized there's at least one very firm check on it, uh, on one side. <laughs> Very close, but on only one every side. other year. Only every other year. So, you know, we'll get some period of dedicated Thanksgiving because it's like a real palate cleanser. Like now, we're definitely in Thanksgiving season. Um, yeah, we're certainly past Halloween now. Yeah, although um, <clears throat> honestly, so I so I went out um, shopping not too long ago after Halloween, um, mm-hmm. and I did notice that they uh, the the Target uh, near my place had they had removed all the Halloween decorations and. Up had gone the Christmas decorations, John. No Thanksgiving oh, whatsoever oh this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was... Yeah, they, they, they certainly have decided to skip Thanksgiving. I, for mm-hmm. one, am excited about the American tradition of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I enjoy eating too much food, and I'm going to celebrate no matter what. You know, Target and, and Walmart... They can try to tell me it's time for Christmas, but I say no. I still have to eat too much food before I'm ready for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, people have probably <laughs> observed this before. But it's kind of funny how, how both Thanksgiving and Christmas are these holidays that are really organized. You know, they're, they're organized on the theme of being grateful uh, and charity. <laughs> right and then in practice both... the implementation is just like gorge yourself on food uh and you know get expensive like you know, just sort of buy yourself expensive stuff yeah it's great so it's really uh yeah but at least there's black uh... friday at least black friday is as pure as it ever was <laughs> yeah black friday you know that's a that's a holiday that isn't tainted by these ideas of, of charity and giving mm-hmm. or, or, or giving thanks mm-hmm. is about me, 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 me. Sometimes you, every you, day, you. John, every day I probably say the word <laughs> me usually once I would imagine. I, I would imagine that I say the word me more than once a day. Well, you do, you do wake up in particular sort of screaming me, me, me. It's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so that I have a shirt that says consistent. all about me. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Very uh, true. The, John, this is a special. This is a very special episode. Um, yeah, uh, it, it is. It's, it's a very special one. It's an episode where we're gonna skip all the segments where you're used to, and we're just gonna go straight to the main quest because mm-hmm. um, we don't we don't have much time, listeners. <laughs> John, we don't, have, uh, we don't have much time left. It's you know. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on. I'm going to take off all my clown regalia once again because we got a serious thing okay. to talk about, John. Well, what I was saying is we don't have much time before my voice gives out. That's the that's the the deadline that we've got to fit this in under. <laughs> How long can we go before I can't talk anymore? Yeah. Both I'm already John, feeling the strain. Both John and myself, uh, dear listeners, um, were sick today. 
Um, we are heroically sort of coming to you using the last vestiges of our strength. Although I think I'm actually on the yeah. up and up. I feel mostly better now. Um, oh. <laughs> well, I think John might be on the you, down yeah. and out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty out. I don't know that I'm like on the down. I, I, if anything, I'm sort of plateauing or trending upwards, but well, but I'm, I'm certainly on the out. Mm-hmm. Well, John, I, I spent all this time curating various content for us to to go over but there's always next bye week so let's go straight into it john we're gonna save it this week we're talking about research john we're putting aside the childish videos and games of youth and we're taking (laughs) up the the stethoscope and lab coat of adulthood looking at (laughs) an fmri investigation of the neural correlates underlying the autonomous sensory meridian response open bracket ASMR, close bracket, uh, no emojis, not a great title, but... <laughs> yeah, no, no no, pipes either. There aren't, like, several thoughts just, like, forced together. No list of triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, extremely lacking in emojis. Uh, a disappointing ASMR title. Mm-hmm. To be sure, to be sure. But a reasonable title for a research paper. And it turns out that's what this is, John. Um, published by various scientists and scientists in training uh we we briefly mentioned this in a previous episode i think uh, about a month ago now yeah i think it was the beginning of october yeah um from a reddit post someone had posted that they had you know they made this reddit reddit post uh trying to solicit individuals to come and uh have an fmri study about the effects of asmr and that the results had finally been published john and published they have been in Bioimpacts, uh, which I did some, some research on it because I had never heard of it before, um, which isn't too surprising. I'm not, I, I do not look at biology journals with any great regularity, so I wouldn't recognize it if it yeah, wasn't like your field. a penis or like nature or science or something. Wait, um, is there a... Yeah, yeah, the, the, oh, it's the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science. Yeah, penis. <laughs> Sorry, what does it stand for? The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. It's like a top uh, top journal. <laughs> or it's not, it's, I don't know, it's like a collection. <laughs> it is called PNAS, yes. That's so good. I, mean, I guess you could say PNAS or P... But no, I think just PNAS is like what people call yeah, it. P- it's, <laughs> it's two dirty words in one. Well, if you want to have another little fun uh, academic dirty word tidbit... One of yeah. the probably probably the top machine learning conference uh, is called NIPS, Neural Information oh, Processing Systems, and there was a bit of a hubbub raised about that because you know it's sort of a sort of a sensitive time to be for, for like things involving women in computer science uh, in general, and mm. uh, you know various people viewed this name as offensive uh, or you know maybe possibly demeaning to women or leading to behavior which was demeaning to women. And it is also just like a straight-up uh, racial slur against uh, people of Japanese uh, origin. Hmm. Um, and so there I was did a... did not know that. Yeah. There was a call to change it. Uh, and a bunch, of, a bunch of people took to social media, uh, and there's a big vote on it amongst people in the computer science community. And the new name is out, John, and it's yeah. nips still. They're not changing it, it turns out. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> there were more people who were like, no, I want the name to remain the same than there were collective people who were saying, like, you know, oh, I want this name to be something else. 
So uh, I see. Nips remains. Penis remains. Um, <laughs> penis is. Yeah, penis is really better. gets me. Penis is pretty good. Uh, but bio impacts, John. Bio impacts is, uh, from what I can gather, a second tier Iranian journal. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a, a a hot paper then. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a paper. Well, I will say, you know, this uh if you if you look on the the website which is um the TBZ Med page, which is the the organizing body behind Bioimpacts. Uh this paper has already gotten uh, over 2000 views and over 500 downloads, which is pretty good. Oh, yeah, not so, bad. Yeah, this is I think going to be a well, you know, I mean it's it's covering a popular topic, and it's it's. I would imagine this is going to wind up being, particularly if people continue researching ASMR, a fairly well cited paper. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like a, a pretty solid paper. I don't, actually, Ian, do you want to want to get into what this paper is about? Yeah, Why don't sure. You give John. us a summary. Well, it's it's all right there in the name, John. It's an FFMRI investigation of the neural correlates underlying the autonomous sensory meridian response. It's an idea that I had going back to episode three of the podcast or so. <laughs> um, take a bunch of people with ASMR, uh, stick them in a, an FMRI, a functional magnetic resonance imaging machine, uh, which just sort of measures your brain activity in real time. Show them a bunch of ASMR videos and see what flashes. Well, John, they did it, and and one person on this paper at least should be familiar to all of us. It's it's Craig Richard, Doctor Craig. Yes, Doctor Craig, our longtime our nemesis. rival. Uh, you know, he is our our arch nemesis. He our is like third, FBI's most wanted. Third author on a on a fourth. Interestingly, he's the corresponding author, which is kind of unusual. Um, because typically, you know. Uh, it's just like people who are n- neither first author nor senior author on the paper generally have not contributed very much to it. And so it's well, is he f- not the senior author? No, nah, no. William Kelly is the senior author. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. So I guess Craig Richard was probably involved in this project more than I initially assumed. Yeah. Uh, so the basic format of this study is they, they recruited... Uh, I believe, 10 people for this. They did so by online advertising. They put out a call, uh, I think on Reddit. <laughs> um, yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Trying to find uh, you know, single young people in your area to get over to, to, to their fMRI machine. Uh, these people were shown five full-length ASMR videos and then selected five seven-minute clips from the full-length videos in total. Uh, and they were instructed to select clips, the clips that sort of gave them the strongest ASMR response. Uh, one thing to note, and one thing that I thought was a little... I'm not sure that I'd ever really noted before they they specifically mentioned that they were excluded people who had experienced asmr without tingling or so people who said that they had asmr but had never yeah. experienced tingling sensations i sort of thought so i sort of thought that tingling was like an essential component of asmr 
And I guess they did uh, too. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking too. So I think that might be why they dismissed those people. Mm-hmm. Is because it was a a dubious claim. Or at, least, at the very least, it was not the claim that they were investigating in this paper. Yeah. Like, it might be interesting at some point to see, like, to compare someone who claims they experience ASMR but not tingles to someone who claims they experience ASMR and tingles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, generally people would say that they are more or less one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess I sometimes I will describe a, like, slightly... <coughs> like, I will definitely sometimes get a uh, relaxed feeling that I associate with ASMR that does not involve tingles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wouldn't say that that is, like, the sort of core ASMR experience. Mm-hmm. More just sort of adjacent, I guess. So, yeah, I think that's probably why they excluded those people is because it was not the group that they... Are intending to study. Mm-hmm. So they take these ten people, they slap them down one after another in this fMRI machine, and they are shown these seven-minute video up and tie clips. Them down. They tie them up, John. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you are—you are supposed to stay pretty still in an fMRI machine. That's true. They do say they used pillows to to limit their movement, their head movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because head. So you know, this is a, a brutal torture chamber using pillows to restrict uh, head movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they show them these seven-minute clips. Uh, they have three buttons that they're supposed to be pressing. One, if they are in a baseline state, if they don't, if they just feel normal. One, if they feel relaxed, and one, if they are experiencing tingles. And uh, so that's just to collect information about what sort of state they're in uh, regarding their ASMR. Between these seven-minute clips, they've got, you know, 30 seconds of silence and just sort of a baseline-inducing, uh, you know, visual stimulus, just as, you know, a little a little centering cross. And yeah, and so they just, they, they also record for, the reason it wasn't entirely clear to me, separately, um, periods of time where the ASM artist is doing sort of simulated physical interaction. Actually, I guess I know why. Mm. As I was sort of saying, I figured it out. So they... <laughs> it was a real puzzler, uh, listeners. <laughs> yeah, they, they do refer back to it later quite a few times. Well, but it was... I, I guess I just... It wasn't clear to me why they were they were breaking this out specifically, but then I remembered what their hypothesis was, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so they also recorded times when it looked like the ASM artist was touching the individual and where they were touching them, um... And they're basically, and so so with all fMRI studies like this, basically what you do is you've got these locations in the brain that people have associated. They're either, you know, they either directly correspond to areas in the brain that we know do things. Um, like they talk a lot about, uh, what are they called? ENAC. It's like the, uh, the something accumbens. Nucleus accumbens which are parts of the brain that are associated with... Uh, they're sort of our reward center. There's, I think, some famous study involving rats, where if you, like, stimulate that part of their brain, the, the nucleus accumbens, with with a little bit of electricity or something, and the rats are able to trigger that themselves, uh, then they'll just become horribly addicted and die, continuously stimulating themselves. Oh, that's, that's, that's rough. Mm-hmm. It's no good. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, there are also things like, you know, they, they've they done these sorts of fMRI studies with frission before, the experience of this, you know, sort of musical tingles, and they know what parts of the brain that yeah. activates. So you can just look they at, 
how similar are the, the activation patterns of ASMR and Frisian, or how much does it activate particular known anatomical regions of the brain? And you can use that to deduce sort of what's going on in the cognitive processing uh, that, is, that is behind an ASMR experience. They're looking into two basic hypotheses about what ASMR is. And it was kind of interesting, because I don't know that I'd ever heard either of these hypotheses mentioned anywhere else. Um, hmm. One was that ASMR, they're, they're saying ASMR might be some sort of vestigial grooming response. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah that, one, that one was new to me. I thought it was interesting, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't believe I've heard that specific hypothesis anywhere else. Yeah, like with a lot of animals, they've they've got sort of grooming behavior. They go around picking little mites and parasites and whatever off of each other. It's a good yeah. way of social bonding, and maybe that's yeah. what ASMR is. I mean, it makes is. sense that... I guess it, it seems very similar to a lot of uh, theories we've encountered before. Um, but it it is strange, I guess, that this is the first time we've heard it mentioned. Just because, like, so many people do talk about how ASMR does seem to be some sort of, like grooming and social response or i guess not grooming mm-hmm. but like a social response mm-hmm. or an intimate response yeah so yeah and so to be specifically tied to grooming i thought it was interesting and the yeah. other is that asmr is some sort of adaptive um evolution to encourage observational learning because it tends to be triggered it's this pleasurable sensation which tends to be triggered by watching people do sort of detailed actions in a repetitive manner mm. And so maybe it's designed to get us to look at things that we might learn from. Um, and I, had you ever heard that before? Uh, no, I definitely hadn't heard that one either. Mm. That one is a little... I, that one's, I guess, is more unique to me than the, the other one we discussed. Mm-hmm. Like, the, um, the grooming seems to be more... Uh, even though we haven't specifically heard that before, it's, again, related to stuff we've heard before. But yeah, the mm-hmm. the... The learning one is uh, is completely new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to go about seeing, you know, is there any evidence to support either of these hypotheses, they were saying, okay, well, if it was some sort of grooming response, we would expect to see, like, you know, areas of the brain A, B, and C activated. In particular, they would expect um, parts of the brain that are associated with sort of social interaction to be activated. And I forget what some of the names were of these areas. It doesn't really matter all that much. Um, for observational learning, they're saying, okay, well, areas of the brain that are known to have a lot of mirror neurons should be activated then when you're doing ASMR. Because mirror neurons are the, the sort of big idea of how we go about doing observational learning to begin with. They're neurons that sort of behave similarly when you watch someone do something as to when you actually do something. It's sort of just like simulating. So they're the neurons that make it so that when you watch someone else do something, you can simulate yourself doing it. Uh, they, they, so after, after sort of running through and collecting this data, the analysis of the results, John, they got plenty of tingles in their machine. Um, Lots of tingles. That was, a, that was very exciting because they were worried people wouldn't get any tingles in the big noisy machine. Yeah, these big noisy machines, your head being constricted by pillows, scientists yelling yeah. at you to relax, Ripping your damn feet. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rough, rough, uh, rough place to be. Mm-hmm. So on average, uh, the, the, the sort of average person undergoing this trial had five periods of baseline activation uh, that lasted on average around 40 seconds each, seven periods of relaxation... 
lasting on average around mm-hmm. 37 and a half seconds, and five and a half um, tingling episodes, each of which lasted about six seconds. Uh, now, would you just do, do, does that seem sort of typical to you, John, in an ASMR experience, sort of having these these intermixing periods of baseline relaxation and tingling? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the baseline definitely occurs mostly at the beginning of videos, but I guess occasionally it'll happen somewhere else throughout if I like get distracted or some thought like pierces through the the fogginess, um, <laughs> brings me to sort of full attention. But yeah, for the most part, I would say that yeah, it's sort of a relaxed state, and then like periods of tingles. Mm-hmm. It's not generally not like super long sustained tingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they found a couple of things. They found some significant activation of mm. neurons in different parts of the brain. The two main ones that they talked about were the the nucleus accumbens, these reward centers, which suggests that this uh, that ASMR is a very pleasurable experience, and it is one which your brain sort of wants to have more of, right? It's one that you are you are uh, rewarded for a good amount. And there's also significant activation in uh, the MPFC, which I think is the medial prefrontal cortex. It's one of the prefrontal cortex regions. And I, I assume it's medial, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I know a lot about brain regions. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about brain lesions, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> they're not coming up in this this research study <laughs> and so the, I mean, basically the activation in the prefrontal cortex the prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain uh, which is sort of most developed in mammals absent in a lot of other uh, life forms like reptiles i think and it's generally seen as like the highest level of your brain it's where it's where you got all the all the fancy human and social stuff going on um and it's also pretty prominent in chimps and other um, social uh, primates, which which will do sort of these grooming behaviors, and so the significant activation of, and I should say this is um, significant activation during tingling. From the charts they showed, they showed the the sort of activation levels in these different regions um, split across either you know the baseline, the relaxed, or the tingling, and it seemed like the real difference. It didn't seem like there was a significant difference between brain activation in these different regions. Um, from just baseline to relaxation, whereas there were definitely some some things that looked pretty significant between uh, tingling and uh, baseline or tingling and relaxation. So it looks like, you know, the sort of extra brain stuff is happening during this tingling sensation. And the the activation in the in the prefrontal cortex here, uh, they're saying is, you know, gives suggestion to the, to the fact that, or it gives evidence to the fact that this is designed to to be a sort of social function or it is it acts in some sort of social mechanism so that tends to support the vestigial grooming hypothesis the vestigial uh, grooming hypothesis but you know it's a it's a limited trial you have 10 people in this fmri Mm. machine Uh, they don't have a control group which i mean i guess you could you could argue that the control is happening by by separating out the baseline periods um yeah, I think that was sort of how they presented it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, you know, the, the concern would be if there are parts of the video, 
if the parts of the video which tended to elicit tingles tended to be distinct in other ways, then you know. Yeah, that that is that but is fair. Probably probably not too big of a concern, I would say. You know. Yeah, no. By all I, means, I slap some people, slap some normies, slap me in an fMRI machine and see what happens. We'll find <laughs> out. And they they sort of conclude by by providing some motivation for why people should study ASMR more. And one that I thought was particularly sort of amusing, um, and a reasonable point, is that ASMR is likely being triggered in, in subpopulations in different clinical settings already, to some extent. Because, you know, mm. like the, the situations in which you're receiving a medical exam or something, you know, they, they might be periods of time where you're receiving the sort of close personal attention which could elicit ASMR. And so... You know, if you don't know what the effects of ASMR are, then you won't know sort of what's distinct about them and whatever clinical, uh, whatever sort of clinical thing you're actually studying. I thought yeah. that was an interesting point, one that I hadn't thought yeah, of before. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, that mm-hmm. like, especially, especially if you, you know, consider that the, um, the other paper we talked about, um, found that, uh, ASMR could lead to a change in heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if that is, there's a lot of uh, medical situations where heart rate is relevant, and if someone mm-hmm. is experiencing ASMR and that affects their heart rate, and you don't know it, that uh, could throw off your your results. Could be a confounder, John. Could be a confounder. So yeah, all in all, I think it was a pretty reasonable paper. What, what were your thoughts about it? I I agree. Um, if if only our uh, arch nemesis hadn't been involved, I would have appreciated it a lot more. But. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as it is, I'll have to begrudgingly, um, you know, say that, uh, you know, Dr. Richard, you win this round. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, well, John, as with... Oh, yeah, continue. No, 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 please, 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 uh, continue, because I don't have much more to say. (laughs) Okay, well, I was gonna just say, John, you know, as with all research papers, and as is standard in the scientific community, after reading a paper, we now have to give this a rating on a scale of one to five... Uh, with one okay. being uh, no good, and with five being good. Uh, John, how many stars would you give this academic research? I'm going to give it four stars. Okay, John, that's I... the official ASMR Quest podcast rating of this paper. Four stars out of yeah. five. <laughs> well, because, you know, like like five implies that it's exceptional. And mm-hmm. three, I don't know, three is like... I, I guess I, I guess I don't know. A four might be, uh, might be somewhat inflating. This might be a three. I'm going to give it a three, actually. Yeah, I think three, three makes sense. It's a solid, you know, yeah. a sensible idea, which appears yeah, to have been it, implemented it's, soundly. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exciting because it's uh, you know one of the first ones, but you know, there's nothing truly exceptional or groundbreaking about it, apart from the fact that it's like looking into something. Many other people haven't, but, you know, it's uh, reasonably well done. Mm-hmm. I think a three is fair. Okay. Thank you. This is not an Uber rating system where it's just everything's a five. That we're, Uber we're rating this rating job. system reasonable. It's just rating systems in general are just no good. Uh, I was reading an interesting, I read an interesting book recently that talked a mm-hmm. little bit about rating systems. And one thing they suggest is if you're, if you're giving out a survey, everybody should have a certain number of, like, 
emotion points or whatever. So, like, I start this survey with ten questions or whatever, maybe I have a hundred emotion points. And it costs zero emotion points to give a, a you know, sort of middle-of-the-road response. So, like, how do I feel about something neutral? And it costs a quadratic number of points to express, like, strong emotions. So if I want to okay. give things, you know, a three, that costs zero. A three out of five, if I want to give things a four, maybe that costs five points. And if I want to give things a five, that costs 25 points. Something oh, like okay. that. So it costs you like a lot to give extreme responses. I just thought it was a very sensible idea, because I, I do yeah. think, like, you can just, you can express opinions too easily. I think it's an <laughs> outrage how easily people can express their opinions, John. <laughs> it's the worst thing to ever happen, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that, I, I, I completely agree, Ian, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we've done a great job talking about this paper, um, and I think I've done a great job letting Ian do most of the talking this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this this little quick episode of ASMR Quest. Please <coughs> leave us a five-star rating and review on <coughs> iTunes, or a max rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Um, and if you do, let us know about it um, through one of our other means of communication, such as leaving us a five-star rating review on iTunes to let us know about the rating <laughs> review left somewhere else, <laughs> or telling us on Twitter at ASMR underscore quest, or emailing us at ASMRquesting at gmail.com. I thought you were, were going to get stuck in a loop there for a second. Oh, no, uh, don't worry. So thank you, listeners, for for staying tuned into us, and stay tingly. Oh God, stay tingly <laughs> for an average of six point three seconds. 